they, they tried to schedule it. So they started at six in the morning, but six in the morning in Australia is still summertime here. Way too hot for a Scottish person to be running. So I did feel a bit sorry for Callum Hawkins because he didn't really stand a chance. Well, he was doing well. He was winning. Yep, that is about as well as you can be doing. <laughs> but then he didn't do so well anymore after he collapsed. It was what impressed me was the fact that he collapsed and he just was like, oh, "It's fine. It's fine. I don't care that I've stumbled over my legs or kind of wibbly crisscrossing all that. I'm fine." And he got back up again and he kept running and then he fell again and hit his head on the barrier. Yep. And you were like, "Okay, mate, you need to, you really need to just, stop." Just you stop there. That's that's the um, an athlete's determination is immeasurable. But the the organizers were getting a bit of stick because they didn't rush in to help him. And it's because, it turns out, it's because if they do, then he's disqualified. Disqualified, yeah. They want to make sure that he wants to be disqualified. So it's kind of like a mix of how long before you intervene and be like, oh, he's fine, he's just a bit dizzy. Or you'd be like, actually, we're going to disqualify this guy because he's going to hurt himself. Yeah. Slash has already hurt himself. But Rando Yuri, Yuki, Yuki from Japan, he didn't collapse. Japan. He, he He beat a whole host of professional marathon runners. Japan aren't in, in the Commonwealth Games. In Boston. <laughs> Boston, right. That's the crisscross on the globe here. Yeah, because we're just talking about marathons. The subject is marathons, <laughs> not um, Commonwealth Games. I, I haven't really been following the games, but I did read about the Boston Marathons because amateurs won and came in second and beat professionals and are going back to their full-time jobs instead of full-time training. We've been doing nothing but the Commonwealth Games for like the last two weeks. I'm fed up oh, with right, it. Yeah. Yeah, it's has anything interesting in your opinion happened? Like not just well, oh, it's, I'm it's, on the news, now. everything's interesting. But what interesting story happened that you thought was interesting? Do you, wanna, do you know what it was? The most interesting one for me, and the team Scotland athletes came back today, mm-hmm. was the fact that there was over two hundred individuals were sent out there. Yes, and Scotland won forty four medals. It's not bad. A seventh of them were won by one man. Okay, Duncan Scott. He was a swimmer. Mm-hmm. He was also a babe. Hi, Duncan. Hi, Duncan. He won six medals, including like a gold, a few bronzes, uh, a couple silvers. And then there's the other athletes who went out in the first round of their respective sports. Yes. And, you know, before the games, everyone's really hyped. And, like, we are talking to everybody. We were interviewing every athlete yeah. possible. So this guy and that guy. Yeah, bring them over. Yeah, we'll chat to them. Yeah, we'll chat to them. Yeah. And then give it a few weeks. They all land from Australia and... Everybody just wants to talk to Duncan Scott because he's won everything. And you look at all these other athletes who obviously didn't win. Are a bit like, no, but guys, speak to me. Yeah, you they, were speaking to me recently. Yeah, but they didn't win. Well, that's the thing. So I do feel a wee bit bad for them because I know they didn't win. But, you know, as soon as you go out there and you lose and you don't even make it past the first, what, 10 minutes of your, you know, in some sports, yeah. the first 10 minutes of your if you're, uh, competing. Or seconds. Yeah, or seconds even. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like, after that, that's it. Yeah, but what, what's, is it better to come home and just have no one talk to you or to come home and everyone go like, hey, so why did he lose out there? What, what made you lose? How, how big of a loser are you? Let's <laughs> let's put that on but, the air. I don't know. I just felt for them. That's the ones, because the ones who are, like, looking over, hopefully, like, does anybody want to <laughs> talk Colin, to me? Can anyone you, talk to me? Can you remember any of their names? I can indeed. Joe Hendry. Right. Let's name let's name some of the Commonwealth losers. Joe Hendry, who is also an ICW wrestler, yeah. who is a wonderful man, a great speaker, I had a fantastic interview with him before he left. Yep. And then he lost in the first round of his uh right, Joe, freestyle wrestling. Would you like to would you like to talk to us? We can interview you. Oh we would uh, Joe Joe would do it. I know he would. Joe would do it. Let's get him on. Commonwealth loser. <laughs> okay. Commonwealth loser. Right, any more Commonwealth losers that we want to commend? 
for having a holiday. Alex Gladkov. Alex, well done to you. You had a great time. Lucas Thompson. Lucas, oof, you're amazing. I'm um, not winning. Megan, somebody from Elkin. One, she was a boxer. A specific she lost in the first Megan. Round. Oh yeah, the boxing. That was that's a good sport. Shame you didn't win it. So that's who I feel for is the losers. The I losers. think it's because I empathize. I empathize with them. <laughs> I do too. I'm just like, wow, if I did any of those sports, I would have lost even quicker than you did. Well, yeah, no, every single person out there was better than me at probably all of the sports. I, th- I think any in any of one of the individuals would have beaten me in Sorry. all of the sports. Sorry, Pro- you said probably all the sports. You know, well, I'm what I'm saying here is you know you know this Megan, this this Megan, <laughs> Megan Gordon, Megan Gordon. She would she would have beaten me in every single sport. That's what I'm saying. She would have done absolutely. So yeah. credit to them for doing that. They're much better than you or I will ever be. Uh, but I just felt I just felt like just today when they came back to the airport after all that. All the years and years of training yeah. to lose. And yeah, you're right. Like seconds or minutes, whereas your competitor or rather your counterpart, your com- yeah, your country, fellow countrymen, your fellow countrymen have gone out there and have absolutely smashed it in some in some circumstances. And they're the bell of the ball and you are a loser. That's just how life works. It's important life lessons. So who's the bell of the ball here then? Uh, it's the two of us. <laughs> yeah. Well, clearly me because I've been right this whole time. <laughs> Yes. Have we have you do, done that theme music before for this? This week's theme music brought to you by uh, the, the Grand Maestro Christopher Morrison. Of course, yeah, you played this for me on Friday. Yeah, Chris- when we were making chill beats. Christopher wrote us, wrote us some theme music. Chill beats, by the way, is not a euphemism for drugs or anything else. We were actually making chill beats. Yes, which were very chill and had beats in them. They did have beats. <laughs> Well, Christopher Morrison, thank you for that wonderful theme music. That was glorious. I feel energised already. That, I think that's now three different people who have actually contributed theme music. Oh, it is, Kenneth, yeah. Ross Cray, and now Christopher Morrison. Beautiful, all of them. Absolutely, like, and very distinctive styles as well. You know, you could, you, could, you could tell which one was which. So thank you, uh, Christopher Morrison, for that. Seesaw Parade episode 127. Here we are. Again. Uh, yeah, another one of them... It's not an impressive number to me. Yeah. Uh, it's the the show where we discuss the things of the week. I'm Colin and he's James. And I hope you're listening to this like sometime soon rather than a very long time in the future. If you're if you're from the future, the distant, <laughs> distant future, what are you doing here? Listen to a better podcast. It's funny. Uh, we've discussed this before, but on our SoundCloud account, we actually look at kind of who and rather what is being listened to. Uh, about half of the listens we get every week are from... Episodes from miles back, and that one in particular when Madonna fell off the stage, which I think yeah. is almost three years old, yeah, is our high li- highest listened to by an absolute mile. It's, I don't uh, know why. It's a good listen. I recommend that everyone goes and listens to that right now. We we obviously by episode six of the podcast, we were great. We, we were really good at what we were doing. Some of the the episodes I listened back to, I'm just like, this is just awful. So. Credit to I think Izzy listened to has listened back through every single one. I'm Don't sure a few of you have from day one. So thank you for joining us on this roller coaster ride. Oh, nice. Known as uh, this this podcast. Uh, welcome to the show. Known as a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Again, I mean, I know I keep saying this, but it's been a quiet week. Every it week. has. 
I was going to say it's because it's the start of the year, but it really isn't. It's not. We're almost a third of the way through. It's closer to May than we are April. And it's today, closer to May than it was than January. So I'll tell you that is, much. Yes, well done. Today, in Glasgow certainly, was the first day of this year. It's actually been warm. Yeah, I walked outside and took off a layer. Huh? I, I, I was in the car and I couldn't wear my jacket. I was like, this is too hot for a jacket. What's, what's happened to the world? Incredible it forgot, scenes. It forgot to be always winter. I know, amazing stuff. So it's good to be here. It's good to be here in the in, in summertime. And also I'm going to try and be less of the depressing life is dreadful shtick that I've been running for the last few weeks. That was all an uh, act, everyone. He got you. It was, yeah, it was an act. I, I was just pretending. You know, life, life's great. That's what we do in the podcast. We, 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 we're satire. These are all just facades. The masks drop. You don't know who I am. <laughs> you don't know, you know? me. No okay. one knows me. Yeah, it's fine. The, That's the, the biggest problem of all. The drugs are helping. So welcome back, welcome back everybody. Uh, if you're here for the first time, please enjoy. Take it all in. Uh, we're going to start with Syria, which is a real handbrake turn for from this jovial tone that we <laughs> struck. We're going to have a real happy podcast. Let's talk about war zones. Okay. Yeah, don't, don't worry, loyal fans. We will get to the fun stuff in just a minute. But we're going to talk about the real news to start with. This is, uh, yeah, the, the news which has been bubbling on for, well, as I say, months, years now. But the most recent development came over the weekend when, in response to the chemical weapons attack in the town of Duma, which killed at least 42 people, including women and children, uh, yeah, awful, awful scenes, the British government... Yes. Uh, and this is a point of discussion, potentially on the behest of Mr. Trump, or perhaps following the lead of Mr. Trump, along with... Um, or Macarons, yeah. Or Mac- oh yes, or uh, Macron in France, all kind of joined forces and were like, right, we're just going to bomb Syria. Because there we go. We're going to do it, guys. Syria, or bombing Syria, so we're going to bomb Syria, which will make Syria not bomb Syria. Yep, and everyone knows that the most important thing to do before you bomb a place is to tweet them and let <laughs> them know that the bombs are coming. So the decision was made by Theresa May... And Theresa May alone, potentially yes. with a few a few advisors. I'm, I'm assuming uh, at least the, the people who were in charge of like sending the bombs, but, uh, the tornadoes with the what are the what were the bombs called? They had a cool name. Uh something like Des and Troyer. If they had two side by side, no, they were called Storm Shadow missiles. If you're going to shoot a missile at a country, that is the missile to shoot. It's called a Storm Shadow missile. Um, I mean, to be fair, like if you called them the Rainbow Rabbit. I mean, that, Rainbow that would, Rabbit sounds like a, like a brand name for something you would uh, take home. Never mind. Never mind. Wow. Never mind. But same uh, joke every week, Colin. The storm shot. Sorry, storm shot. Yeah, you're right. Anyway, back to the serious, serious yes. face on. Yes. Um, Theresa May made this decision without mm-hmm. consulting Parliament, mm-hmm. and uh, this is this is kind of the conundrum we're at, at the moment. James, did Theresa May have? Uh, she is the Prime Minister. Does she have the authority to make this call to? have this military intervention in Syria without going to the parliament and asking them first. I I believe she does. I think the polite thing to do is to go to the parliament and be like, hey, can we get involved in some uh, foreign wars here, please? And then give them a vote. But I I think, you know, she's allowed to just, as long as you're not doing an invasion, I suppose. I think if you're going to invade, you can't do it. But they were just sending a couple of missiles. Apparently it's fine because she hasn't been immediately removed from her position of power. So Theresa May, well, anyway, Theresa May said it's legally and morally right 
yes. for the UK to have joined the airstrikes uh, to prevent, in her words, further human suffering. She told mm-hmm. MPs, and uh, she appeared before MPs in the House of Commons today, she said there was clear evidence that uh, Bashar Assad's government was behind the attack, and so therefore um, the UK had explored every diplomatic channel in an attempt to uh, to respond, but regrettably decided that there was no other action yeah. but to uh, bomb them instead. I, I, I would like to know what the evidence was. I'm not sure we do yet, because I, the, the, the guys that we send over to investigate these things didn't even start their investigation before we launched these missiles. They were going to start on the 14th, and we launched on the 12th. I don't remember the days exactly. So I don't know if it's just like some intelligence that we're never allowed to hear, but surely you wait for the international independent investigation to go, yep, it was them, before you bomb them. I don't know. But then again, if you know where the where the weapons are and you want to get rid of them, yeah. Well, this is the thing. Nicola Sturgeon made a point at the weekend that last year, when something similar happened, Donald Trump ordered airstrikes on an yep. airbase, on a chemical airbase. Within a couple hours, Syrian warplanes were flying out there again. The, you know, it was almost as, as if it was completely unaffected. So I guess it's a question of, does this actually help? Does this actually do anything? Because, you know, it's happened in the past. There's going to be, this is no deterrent to the Syrian government. They're not just going to be like, all right, uh, we don't we don't care. You can blow up our stuff. We're just going to make more. We're going to keep doing that. Yeah, I think it's a make more situation because the idea for this strike wasn't to just make them scared, it was also to destroy their chemical weapons and the components by incinerating them. So if you get rid of the whatever chemicals are by burning them all, sure. So they like for the for the first time in a long time we've definitely not killed any civilians, which is a step in the right direction. But I find it quite unusual that we're happy to immediately start I'm launching attacks on Syria as soon as they maybe have bombed their own people, but we are still sending our own old guns and and all of our armed craft to to Saudi Arabia, who are actively yes. killing Yemenis civilians. Just just on the back of that, the obviously Bashar Assad's government and Russia have both denied that they had any involvement in what happened in yeah. Douma. Yeah. And obviously because we're not there, we're just having to take people's word for it. The Syrian government say it was actually a well-staged and organised fraud or hoax. Yeah, which would make sense. Well, not that one, but a hoax would make sense. Which also does kind of plays into the hands of, of people who have conspiracy theories of false flags and uh, staged events, you know, who say, oh, yeah, the Sandy Hook shooting when, you know, 25 yeah, five-year-olds yeah, yeah. were killed. That was all just staged. It was acted. That, I think, does not help the narrative. And I think the Syrian government knew that. I think they were like, hey, yeah, let's definitely, let's just add to the, the fire by saying, actually, you know what? It wasn't us. It was staged. The Brits did it. Yeah, the, you, can, you can see that they're just trying to put out some, as you say, false flags. But... We really should wait until we have it confirmed, which I guess we've been told we had it confirmed that it was them. But well, that's the thing. We just have to. We have just have to trust what we're what we're being told. I'm not. No, I'm not debating that this has happened in Duma. But at the same time, we are just saying, all right, the BBC say it, the government say it, so therefore it's correct. Yeah, it's not so much that it happened. It definitely happened. It's about bombing the right people who made it happen. And while the investigation that everyone's supposed to trust hasn't started or now it has but it hasn't finished we probably shouldn't bomb them 
I guess they're scared that they're going to start moving the weapons to places that we don't know where they are. But we're pretty good at knowing where the weapons are, apart from if it's uh, in Iraq, for example, or any other places. It's, 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 it's a difficult situation, and the point of just bombing where the weapons are to get rid of them so no more civilians die, sure, that stands. But also, you don't want to cause aggression unless you're 100% sure that you're getting the right guys. Well, we'll wait and see. I mean, this is, again, it's going to rumble on for, for weeks and weeks. I'm sure it's something we will revisit. Well, yeah, and Assad being not a good guy is probably not going to start being yes, very indeed. good soon. Uh, James, is it time to veer into the fun stuff? Ignore the fact that the world is happening and it's horrible. We could talk about how a lot of countries news outlets are pretending that North and South Korea are going to be declaring eternal peace, but no one in Korea is reporting that. Yeah, that's funny. I saw that uh, it was Shinjo Abe, who's the uh, Japanese premier, had praised or commended Donald Trump for his efforts with the Korean Peninsula. And I was like, well, hold on a second. This is the Japanese, you know, head of state. This is not the Koreans. Yeah. Why is the Japanese? I know they're kind of close in proximity, but that's like... (laughs) Hey, Theresa May, we're commending you on your efforts with the Irish border, say the Norwegians. Yeah. No, it's not. It's just not the same. I, I did read that and think it was a bit weird. Yeah, there's some unusual news floating about everywhere except Korea, both the Koreas, about both the Koreas. Korea has gone, it's gone very quiet. Gone quiet, yes. Which maybe is a good thing. Which I think is a good yeah. thing. I like quiet. Okay. Quiet's nice. No one dies when it's quiet. Uh, indeed, right. Unless you've got like assassins. Okay. They're pretty quiet, okay. I suppose. Let's move on, uh, James, to some some uh, some news, Pretend some news. movie stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and starting with the Incredibles two, there is a full trailer has been released uh, for this one. Yep. Let's just have a quick listen. Is this all vegetables? Who ordered all vegetables? I did. So, are we going to talk about it? What? The elephant in the room. What elephant? mom's new job it's time to make some wrong things right help me bring supers back james what do we think of this i I realized only upon watching this trailer why elastigirl's not in her incredibles costume it's because no one knows that elastigirl's married yet so uh, apparently like, it took me a while. Like, I think this film is going to be more what? clever than I thought because it's tricked me already. What do you mean? Because, you know, Elastigirl's not in her red costume. She's in her classic costume. Right. For for the parts where she's being a superhero. Yeah. It's because the public don't know that Elastigirl's married, so she can still be Elastigirl, and there's also just this other <laughs> superhero who's part of a family of superheroes who saved the day that's super stretchy, but wears a different costume, so it's not the same person. I think I, I like it. I like the look of this thing. I think it's clever. I think this film is clever, okay? I think you're thinking way too much into this. No, I think this film is clever and I'm not overthinking it at all. <laughs> also, I like that they're hiding spoilers by overdubbing really? um, dialogue. Very obviously. I did not notice yeah, that. Yeah, the animation and the the animation and the dialogue do not match up often, <laughs> especially in the last lines of this trailer. If you go rewatch the trailer and watch the last interaction between Mr. Incredible and Frozone. The, the dialogue does not sync up with the animation and it looks horrible. That's one thing I've always admired about trailers and it happens all the time is when they've de- they've taken the shot from one part of the film and the audio from another and they try and hide it. Yeah. They combine the two, obviously, and then they try and hide it to make it look like 
Actually, no, that person has said this word this time, even though they totally haven't. The most uh, most recent one, which I thought was a good example, was Infinity War. Oh, oops, I said it. Um, oh, no. Uh, sorry, this is the... We promise. Just an example, just an example. The trailer <sighs> in which Zoe Saldana's character, uh, Gamora, is explaining Thanos, and then Iron Man says, tell me his name again. Yeah. And she says, Thanos. Those are two entirely different scenes. Those two are not talking to each other. Yep. But that's just the that is an example of just very clever trailer editing. And if you didn't know, a bit of mis- misdirection and also storytelling in a trailer. I do like clever editing. Right. Okay. Like well, that. let me go. I'll, I'll rewatch the the trailer. But uh, I like this to an extent. Yes. <laughs> and this is very much. I mean, there's a couple of things going back to kind of our theme when it comes to trailers. I felt this gave away too much of the plot. I think this is too much. I mean, sure, there isn't really the kind of bad guys on show, blah, blah, blah. But it's very much that, oh, the women, Elastigirl's going out and saving the day, whereas Mr. Incredible's having to stay at home and be a stay-at-home dad and the fun that comes yep. with that. But maybe that's just the first 30 minutes of the film because we haven't really seen any of the action with the big bad guy. We've only well, seen... yeah, that's that's my point. You, there's, there hasn't been any big bad guy yet. There is Bob Odenkirk doing his whole superheroes are in vogue, let's bring them back kind of Yeah, thing. he's going to be the cool lawyer that makes superheroes legal again. But I'm presuming if he's in the trailer, he might eventually turn out to be the big bad guy. But we'll wait and see. Two things I'm worried about. I'm worried that they're going to overuse Frozone and Frozone's wife. Yes. I think that's funny in small doses. Maybe one dose in this one would be great. More than one. I'm complaining. And they're probably going to overuse Edna mode too. Who I love the character. Brad Bird does a great voice. But I don't want too much of Edna. Just a wee I bit, I only please. found that out when I was looking through the Wikipedia page of the, of the voice cast. Was that Brad Bird, who's the director of this film. He's not yeah. an actor. He's a director. Yeah. He's the voice of Edna Mode. Yeah. So That's was, awesome. What, before, well, in production, before any of the casting, he'd been doing the voice for the storyboarding. And then when they were going through casting, they couldn't find a better voice. They were just like, well, Brad, do you just want to do the That's voice? That's hilarious. And he went, yeah. There's been wonderful. a couple occasions, and again, I'm sorry to bring this back to Marvel, but it's no. sorry, but I've been watching, as I said, my, my quest to catch up with uh, everything prior to mm-hmm. the film which yep. will not be named mm-hmm. joe russo yeah makes cameos in both the winter soldier and civil war and i never noticed before until i read it is it really obvious once you know he's got lines in in, the, in winter soldier for a start he's a doctor who's like dealing with nick fury after he's pretending to be dead that's pretty that's cool. not a spoiler the film's been out for six years get over yourself <laughs> okay <laughs> it's sorry in Civil War, he does not have any lines, but he is there, and it's very obvious. And the other one is uh, the various members of Community who randomly show up in Marvel films that the Russos have been directing. I've... Because they wrote, or, or rather directed, some of Community, which is hilarious. Yeah. Right. But this is the thing that directors do. They always cameo themselves and their friends and our family. I mean, why not? Yeah, exactly. I mean, like... Peter Jackson did it. He was in All of the Lord of the Ringses, and both his kids were in All of the Lord of the Ringses. Were they? Yeah, they were the two surprised-looking hobbits when Bilbo was telling his hobbit story. Ah. They were two kids that were refugees in Helm's Deep, and they were two kids that are looking sad when the the horses are all going to charge back into whatever, Osgiliath. I really need to watch that trilogy. From the again. White City. So good. They've got very round faces and very rosy cheeks. They're easy to notice. Sorry, and I, the camera lingers on them. Not as much as Ed Sheeran camera linger, oh, but a wee bit more than standard side character. It's the worst camera linger ever. 
It's like, oh, Ed Sheeran's guest starring. Let's just hold this shot in Ed Sheeran's face for the next six seconds. I want at least 80% of the screen to be his face. Sorry, fun fun fact about Lord of the Rings. I only realized that I only read about this a few years ago. Um, Yeah, only a few years ago. The first film was meant to be theatrical, like for a theatrical run, but two and Mm -hmm. three were expected to be directed to DVD. Yeah, and then the first one was incredibly popular, so they just did yeah. the next two, two, a year after and a year after that. Amazing. I didn't know that. And the other fun fact, incredible. Peter stuff. Jackson has a cameo in Hot Fuzz. I'm trying to remember that one. He's Santa and he bites Simon Pegg's finger. Oh, in fact, no, 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 that's not. He either bites his finger or he stabs him in the hand. It's one of the two. Yeah. But he, it's, it's, it's one of these ones where you see it and you're like, oh, here's Peter Jackson and his Santa. I never, I, I don't remember yeah. that and at all. I think my last fact... Sorry, my last fact of, of Lord of the Rings trivia okay. was that there are no black characters in any of the Lord of the Rings films. Well, they don't play black people. <laughs> Quite a lot of the orcs were there, either yeah, no, Maori no, no, no. or black. There is no, there is no hiding under pirate under any sort of polis. I was going to say polystyrene. No, that's not that's not the phrase. I mean, it's high fantasy. This is something that Tolkien wrote a long time ago and made the setting so all the elves are white and all the guys are white, I guess. And also, The Fellowship of the Ring was shot nearly 20 years ago. So long ago. And Vigo, and Which is absolutely mind-blowing. My fun fact is that Viggo Mortensen is the coolest guy. And if you want to do anything to pass the time, just read about his adventures while filming Lord of the Rings. They are numerous <laughs> and fun. Really? Final fact. The TV series is getting five seasons. Is it? How could they decide that already? Lord of the Rings. Free money, apparently. <laughs> Lord of the Rings. hoping, at least. We'll, we'll get to that. I'm sure there'll be casting in various uh, trailers. Yeah, we'll talk about that yeah, in we've, the future. We've taken a massive side jump from The Incredibles, but nonetheless, <laughs> let's move on. Star Trek, uh, uh-huh. the movie series yes. featuring Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, Carl Urban. Yeah, who, do, who both do a great job. And Simon Pegg. We, that's, that's, our, that's our very vague link to what we were just discussing. Carl Urban does a more than a great job, and Simon Pegg is pretty good too. So the news is that Paramount want one more movie, or at least one more movie from the current cast, which... And that's just like the least brave headline ever. It's a, yeah, it's a strange, it's a strange one, I'll be honest. Breaking news, we want at least one more thing. No, but I think off the back of the performance of the third one, Star Trek Beyond, I can kind of understand Yeah, because it... Did you see that film? No, I don't think anyone did. No, well, we'll, we'll see, this, yeah, this is, this is my problem. I've really enjoyed all three of this kind of new era Star Trek film. Yeah. I think all three of them, second one, Benedict Cam- uh, Cumberbatch, his hammy acting aside, I think is actually a really good film. I didn't enjoy it at all. The third one is, yeah, Star Trek Beyond. Now, this is where the problems come in. I really enjoyed it. It was well received, but the marketing was so bad. Yeah. And missed the fact that it was the 50th anniversary of Star Trek by a country mile. Yeah. And the, it completely underperformed at the box office. I don't even think it made any money. I think its budget was something like two hundred and you know two hundred odd million. Oof. It made maybe three hundred and fifty million. But when you f- factor in marketing, that's barely breaking even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was a lot of question marks over what's going to happen next. Quentin Tarantino has apparently written a script, and uh, I mean, what happens next? I, I have no idea. But uh, Paramount certainly at least w- one more movie. Yeah, they want one more. Is is that a good idea considering what happened with the third one? Uh, if they want to try and wrap up the story for this cast yeah because the cast is pretty great in terms of oh, awesome accuracy cast. to the characters so i'm all i'm all for one more i think i should watch the third one i just did not want to see it because i hated the second one so much but <laughs> oh, i've really? heard that the third one's actually good so did you not like the second one no not at all why i just felt it was predictable and boring and the acting was bad and the story wasn't interesting 
I don't think anyone, any of the characters developed in any way through the whole film. I quite liked it. It's okay, you're allowed to. Okay. They had some good shots, like <laughs> things crashing. That looked all right. Okay. The music was all right. Uh, let's very quickly, uh, for movie news this week, go on to Just Cause, which, if you don't recognize, is a video game. Uh, it's a wonderful game. A very fun video game called Just Cause. It's basically, I'd, I'd describe it as like GTA, except in the desert. Is that fair? GTA, but you got more gadgets. Yeah. Yeah, and you're and you're 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 trying to liberate a country. <laughs> so yeah, just like GTA then. Um, That's why I put that in as if it's not like it's not like GTA Cause you're trying to liberate a country. Call it, in, come on. In the latest, uh, and also I, I like the name Just Cause because it sounds like oh yes, it's a Just Cause. But then also yeah, it's well, like eh, Just Cause. Why are you doing this? Yeah, Just Cause. <laughs> but yeah, the game is just based on driving, shooting, and exploding. It's great. And now there's a movie adaptation in the works with Jason Momoa, who is uh, AKA Aquaman. Yeah. AKA Cal Drogo. Yeah. And, uh, and Brad Payton, who has just finished wrapping another video game adaptation, Rampage, which is out in cinemas now. Oh, and oh, I'm sure it's great. It's, again, oh, this, is, this is my question. James, Rampage has had very middle-of-the-road reviews, yep. which, just like every other video game adaptation in recent years, I'm talking Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, I'm talking mm-hmm. Michael Fassbender's Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed, yeah. Rampage is just another one, which is just... Middle of the road, not good, not dreadful, just very mediocre. So is there any point in even doing a Just Cause? Because it's just going to be another, oh, here's a film spawned of a 10-minute video game idea. Well, yeah, so Just Cause feels like a funny one because I was going to say the reason I think most video game adaptions fail is because they assume that people play video games for explosions and drama but people play them for immersive story yeah so they forget to write an immersive story for the film because they just focus on the cheap tricks just cause does not have an immersive story it is a video game that is just based off you're gonna have fun because it's so ridiculous you're gonna jump out of a plane and parachute and shoot a panda and then when you land you're gonna liberate the whole world yeah and you can like land on a car and ride the car and then parachute off the car and (laughs) grapple onto a helicopter and yeah all that stuff but i don't think that will translate into the film because the fun thing of just cause isn't watching the cool things happen it's making the cool things happen if i was just watching someone do all that stuff i'd be like kind of bored but if I'm doing this, it's really fun. Yeah. So I think the film is just going to be really boring. So this is a good. This is a bad idea, then. Horrible idea. Okay. Uh, we've got five movies to review, but before we get to that, just very quickly in the actual news, before we end with some more fun stuff to keep you listeners here, um, Paul Ryan. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, the Republican Speaker in uh, the Senate. Senate is Congress. Senate. Sorry, I had to think about that one. Is not going to seek re-election. He's decided to stay, to stand down at the end of uh, his term. Uh, he wants to spend more time with his kids, but uh, he's kind yep. of been the. F- yeah, that's definitely it. I think he's yeah he's, he's well that's his reason anyway. He's yeah essentially been the face or one of the faces of this Trump reign so far. Yeah, and of the Conservative Party in recent years. The Republicans. Trump said he will leave a legacy of achievement nobody can question. What's he actually done? Apart from change uh, taxes. He moaned about Obama and Obama's administration increasing the deficit. And then he took over and got all the power and increased the deficit too. He's added a trillion to the deficit. Which, nice. Like, if you're investing it 
and it's going to come back in the future and pay you back, great. But I don't think the Republicans are really investing as much as they are just giving giving the money to the rich people. What's his actual um, reason then if he says it's his kids, but it's not his kids? I think he just made a lot of money and he can't be bothered being the bad guy anymore. Yeah, sounds about right. And maybe he's retiring until Trump gets brought down and then he's going to be like, oh, remember me? I was the good guy before Trump came along and ruined everything. I'll save the day. And then he'll add more to the deficit while not investing it and instead just giving it to the rich people. Okay, well, in other news before we get to these reviews, Facebook has revealed it's tracking non-users yeah. of its social media site. Now, this is mental. Yeah. This, is in- this is incredible. One of the many news pieces that's come out of Zuck- Zuckerberg talking to a bunch of old people about Facebook. That, yeah, I, f- I found this quite funny, actually. So he appeared before the House of Energy and Commerce Committee who clearly had uh, not really any idea how the internet works. Yeah. Um, you know, considering one of the questions was, so if I'm on WhatsApp and I'm talking to my friend about Black Panther, will it be a Black Panther ad on WhatsApp? I'm just, and Marcus Upper was like, well, no, it's encrypted. We can't see your conversations. He's like, no, but what if we're talking about it? And we, do we get an ad? And he's just like, that, yeah, and he's just didn't listen at all. So, yeah, that, that was funny. Unpainful. What was funnier is all of Zuckerberg's attempts to smile. <laughs> he can't smile. It's like he's concealing another person inside him, and he's trying not to yeah. let it show through his teeth. It's genuinely, he's a bit creepy to watch for more than a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's slightly unnerving. Anyway, the more unnerving thing from this was the fact that he unveiled that uh, Facebook has indeed been tracking people who don't even have a profile. Yeah, James, explain this. Well, a lot of websites out there have integrations of Facebooks for different reasons. Sometimes it's for logging in, sometimes it's purely just for advertising, and it turns out that if you use those websites, even if you don't have a Facebook account, Facebook will save all the information that that it can about you and assign it to your file, your, your database table. Yeah, and it's not illegal because... Data protection isn't really a thing yet. It turns out that we've not really made the correct laws. That's me. It's, it's, it's very creepy. Absolutely bonkers that Facebook can and has been tracking people who don't even use the website. Like that's just a like a sprawling overreach of data invasion. That's what that is. Yeah, it's, it's already bad enough. All the stuff they collect. Because they've tricked you into checking the box that says, yeah, it's okay, because there's too much to read yeah. in the terms and conditions. But now that the fact that they're also doing it on everyone else's website who have tricked you to click in the box because the terms and conditions are too long to read, it's, it's getting scary at this point. And for now, it's just targeted adver- adverts, which will give you a wee shiver and then you won't click on them. But who knows what it could be used for? A lot of profiling, a lot of manipulation. Right. Okay, anyway, it's time to wrap up with some reviews of what you've watched this week. Or recently. James, let's go... Let's go... Recently. Let's go uh, one about, because I've got three, you've got two. I'm going to start. Yeah. Uh, we talked about it last week. A Quiet Place. John Krasinski, Emily Blunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still making an absolute giant killing at the box office. and uh, Which I'm happy about. Yeah, and the thing is, it, I can completely understand why. The film is tense it's unbearably oh. tense i was i was getting tense there with that silence <laughs> it, it maybe has two scenes right where people talk what 
The rest of the film is silent. I didn't realize it was that little. Oh, it's it's two scenes, and one uh, and two of them I think are both next to a waterfall, which is why they feel that they you know if oh, you, they can uh, talk. Yeah, yeah, if you watch the film, it you'll, it'll make sense. But yeah, the entire film is subtitled, or a, a slash using uh, sign language. That's, that's pretty cool. Oh, it's it is, and the thing is, it really ramps up to the tension to the fact that I at some parts was watching it through my fingers. Ooh, it's. Excellent, really, really good. I, see it. I, I see it. was not a huge fan of the way it ended, but if you go and see it, we'll discuss further okay. down the line. Yeah. The last thing I'd say about A Quiet Place is the remarkable talents of the main child actor whose name escapes me. Megan. Uh, she is actually she's actually deaf. And the cast are in this film and she is phenomenal. Yeah. So um Krasinski himself was pushing for actually casting a, a deaf actress, I believe. I saw a headline about oh, she that. Was, she was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Right, James, hit me. What was, give me one. Well, we've spoken about this one, too. You've given a review, basically, and we spoke about it before that. I've seen, recently, Isle of Dogs. Yay! What do you think? And I love Isle of Dogs. It was great. <laughs> I, I I was happy the whole time I was watching it. It just it hit, it hit pressed all the right buttons for me. It won't for everyone. But it definitely did for me. Yeah, it's. I completely agree. I really enjoyed it. The only thing I'd say, kind of on reflection, okay, is that it was kind of like a fast food meal, like really fun. You have a smile on your face the entire time, but ultimately, okay. it's kind of empty. There wasn't an awful lot of like, like I don't know, strength behind it. If that's the right, if you know what I mean, I kind of know what you mean. It felt like it was a little bit rushed. It felt like. Most of the characters didn't really have much character. They had just one yes. thing that they did and nothing much else. But then I remembered it's a Wes Anderson film, and that's quite normal for a Wes Anderson also film. True. Yeah, that's also true. Uh, you, you're not there for character. You're there for the, the, the look and the feel, the story, what happens, the surprises, the nice things, the speeches, the monologues. I, I've seen a few other complaints about this film that I mostly think are just unfounded and coming from people that just want to complain about things because that's how you get people to click on your reviews these days. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to hit the midway point of these reviews with Pacific Rim Uprising, yeah. which is the sequel that nobody asked for to the 2013. I asked uh, for it. Pacific Rim was amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was, but nobody asked for one without Del Toro. Yeah, no one asked for Del Toro to be fired. So, uh, yeah, the, the original I really did enjoy. This one, uh, avoid. Avoid like the plague. John Boyega is the main character in this one as the son of Idris Elba. And he is very good. He is probably the only redeeming factor of this film. Oh, really? Um, some of the action is quite cool. I guess it's it's slightly more coherent than Transformers, but there's only so many times you can see a giant monster fight a giant robot. Yeah, there's not uh, so many things you can do with that. And they've got some of the returning cast, not all of them. Charlie Day, uh, yep. again, a, a standout, but they, they've miscast him horribly in the in this particular role for the sequel, but uh, that's a, a spoiler if I go any further. Yeah. The main and thing... That guy, that guy from the Doctor Who spinoff was in it. Yes, yeah, indeed. The, but the whole thing, <laughs> the acting, the dialogue, the plot, okay. the screenplay yep. is just a total mess. Mm -hmm. Which isn't too surprising because it was a wee bit rushed after they got rid of the good guy. 
They get rid of the talent and then they make it very quickly afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh, the, whole, the whole, yeah, you're right. The whole thing was rushed. Script, dialogue, everything. And uh, yeah, I just thought it was absolute garbage. So don't watch it. Yeah, that is, that's it, everyone. Definitely don't watch that one. We told you to. Okay, James, what have you got? Go. Yeah, I will bring us to the penultimate part of this film review section uh, by not speaking about a film at all. It is One Punch Man, the TV series. Hey! Uh, short so far one season is available on netflix to any netflix uk users and probably other places uh, too can i just ask is one punch man about a man who punches people one time and they die it is about a superhero who is a bit overpowered yes okay his thing is that he doesn't really have any fights where he doesn't just immediately win okay and that sounds like it'll be really boring you just watch a guy go and punch a thing oh he's won yeah but i uh, i watched the 10 episodes in three days, I couldn't pull myself away. Really? I didn't have much free time and I spent it all on One Punch Man. <laughs> I know people that have watched the whole thing in one day because it's just 10 episodes, 20 minutes each episode. Wow. And it's just the, the characters, the humor, the art style, everything about it just makes you want to watch more and see what happens next. And sure. they've left it open to a lot more future story, which I'm looking forward to. Is it a comedy? It's, it's kind of funny. It's kind of a bit sad as well. It's kind of just a bit. It's a bit um, surreal, I guess. But it's very well done. So if you if you at all are open to watching a an anime, which a lot of people out there are scared of because they're dumb, watch One Punch Man. Okay, well, I'm going to wrap up with a review of Blockers, which is John Cena and uh, Ike Barnholtz and. The girl who was in George and the George of the Jungle 20 odd years ago. Oh, wow. Whose name escapes me. That one. That one. Jane. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I have I, no I, idea. I can't remember. But anyway, it's uh, a comedy about some parents who essentially try and stop their teenage daughters from um, <clears throat> having a sex pact on their prom night. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, I remember the trailer now. It's actually, it's very sweet and it is quite funny. There's a few kind of swing and a miss jokes but john cena i'm not just saying this because i like wrestling he is very very good he's taken to acting uh he's he's hit the ground running and oh he's yeah he's great i think the film the film is it it's not it's not going to go up there with the greats no but in terms of a sit down with some popcorn and enjoy a funny movie yeah yeah takes the boxes it, you got what you expected or more on the, on the got on the i got what i expected meter of cease operate yeah. it was definitely like a, it was a solid 0.9 you know. So we, so we round to the nearest whole number, which is a one. Okay. So, yeah, you're right. Sorry. This is a binary, binary, a binary system, system, which is a yes or a no to the film, <laughs> which is, in this case, a yes. Right. So on a, on, on a zero to one of did it meet my expectations and yes, one, it did meet my expectations. Yeah. A solid one. I, I heard right. a lot more good things about this film than I was expecting to. Yeah, no, no, me too. Me too, indeed. Anyway, time is gone, James. The time has it's, gone. It's away. It's been a pleasant night. It has. It's been fun. I've enjoyed this. I hope more than us, more people than the two of us have enjoyed this. <laughs> of course, you can get in touch on Twitter, Snapchat, uh, Facebook, but Gmail. Nobody does. It's fine. I'm just saying this because we can. So if you want to, if you feel generous, if you feel like helping people out, yeah, do it. Everything please. you see separate. Yeah, right. I'm going to go to bed now. Uh, if you want to provide us with some theme music, feel free. We will put it on unless it contains. Or even more. If you've done it before, do it again. Yeah. Saves us doing it. Right, James. Goodbye, Colin. Pleasure. I will see you next week. Have a good week. Hopefully there is good news for the whole world over the course of the next few days. And goodbye, everyone.